Hello everyone and welcome to Refinery Life Australia. I'm Gary Hoban, I'm the Senior Pastor and Lead Elder of Refinery Life Church on the Gold Coast. And if you're on the Gold Coast, feel free to come and join us as we meet together and we share in the Word of our Lord. Meet at 9.30 on Sundays at 222 Turpin Road, Labrador. And more details are available on our website which is www.refinerylife.org. Now this week we're starting a new series titled Questions People Ask About the Holy Spirit. And today we're going to talk about who is the Holy Spirit. And the verse we're concentrating on is Acts 19, 1 and 2. It says, And it come to pass that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coasts, came to Ephesus, and finding certain disciples, he said unto them, Have ye received the Holy Ghost since you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there would be any Holy Ghost. And the scriptures we'll work through will be Acts 19, 1 through to 6. The question I've got for you is, have you ever met the Holy Spirit? Do you know who he is? Can you share with others the truths you know about him? Can you tell others where he lives? Or what he does? Or what he's like? If you can't, then do not feel that you are alone. For there's many other sincere Christians who cannot answer the question, who is the Holy Spirit? In fact, some conscientious Christians in Ephesus, whom Paul had met, did not even know the Holy Spirit existed. These men were believers, yet they were not complete believers. That is that they had received the message of John and had been baptized by him, but they were unaware of the Holy Spirit. The great difference between the preaching of John the Baptist and the preaching of Jesus Christ is that John's preaching was a pronouncement of judgment. The preaching of Jesus Christ was the declaration of the good news. Yet John's preaching was an, an essential stage because in any Christian experience, there's two steps that have to be taken. They must be taken. First one was we can't live as we should. We must first realize that our inability to live as we should, you know, it's important to understand that, that there's more for us. And as we're making this first step, we tr often try to do better but inevitably fail to do so because we have only our own strength on which to draw. And the second thing is that sin can be removed. The second step in which we come to discover that only through the grace of Jesus Christ can the just desert of sin be removed. Only through Christ can sin be removed. As we take this step, we discover the joyful fact that only by the work of the Holy Spirit can we ever live as we should. The believers at Ephesus were aware of their need to live a better life, as we are now. But they were not aware of the power of the Holy Spirit to enable them to do so. Their experience demonstrates the truth that without the Holy Spirit, we cannot please God. We will have an incomplete Christianity if we don't have the Holy Spirit. Even after seeing our sins and the need to repent, we cannot change apart from the Holy Spirit. Thus it is vitally important that we, like the believers at Ephesus, 
find the answer to the question, who is the Holy Spirit? And hopefully today we can answer some of these questions. The first one is the Holy Spirit is a person. John 16, 13 says, How be it when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you the things to come. The Holy Spirit is neither an impersonal force nor a mere influence. Rather, he possesses a full and distinct personality. A person has been defined as one who is speaking I, when spoken to is called you, and when spoken of is called him or her. Personal pronouns are used in relation to the Holy Spirit. Have a look at John 16, 13. The Holy Spirit has the qualities of a person such as knowledge, love, and will. The Holy Spirit acts like a person. He searches the deep things of God. Also, the Holy Spirit speaks. It tells us in Acts 13, 2. He intercedes in Romans 8.26, testifies in John 15.26, teaches in John 14.26, guides in Acts 16.6, and commands and appoints in Acts 20.28. The Holy Spirit can be treated like a person as well. By this, the scripture means that he can be grieved and, and rebelled against. Isaiah made references to his... Uh, to this fact in, in 63.10. Paul also spoke of this in Ephesians 4.30. And Hebrews 10.29 informs us that the Holy Spirit can be insulted. Furthermore, the Holy Spirit can be lied to. It tells us in Acts 5.3. The Bible always pictures the Holy Spirit as a person and never as an impersonal force. Never. Never as an impersonal force. Therefore, as a person, the Holy Spirit relates to us. He understands. He feels for us. He and He is our divine friend and helper. And the Holy Spirit, we must understand, is God. The Holy Spirit is none less than God Himself because the Holy Spirit possesses divine attributes. The Holy Spirit is omnipresent. The psalmist illustrates this in Psalm 139, 7 through to 10 by pointing out that there is nowhere that we can go to flee the Lord's presence. Even if we were to ascend into heaven or make our bed in hell or go to the extreme parts of the sea, we could never go beyond God's presence. The Holy Spirit also possesses eternity, which only God possesses. He is called the eternal spirit in Hebrews 9, 14. The Holy Spirit is omniscient and was described as such by Paul in 1 Corinthians 2.11 when he said, No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit further is omnipotent or all-powerful, it says in Luke 1.35. And divine works are ascribed to the Holy Spirit. Some of these works are creation. Look at Genesis 1.2. The giving of life in, in John 6, 63 and, and prophecy in 2 Peter 1, 21. The Holy Spirit is made equal with God, the Father and the Son. 
In the Great Commission, we are told to go, teach, and baptize in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's Matthew twenty-eight nineteen. Also, he is equal with God the Father and the Son in the apostolic benediction recorded in 2 Corinthians thirteen fourteen. The Spirit is called God and Lord. Look at Acts 5, 3-4. Simon Peter asks Ananias, Why hath Satan filled thy heart to lie to the Holy Spirit? Thou hast not lied unto men, but unto God. And the Holy Spirit is God's agent here on earth. In John fourteen sixteen through to 17 Jesus promises that he would pray to the Heavenly Father and that the Father would send the Holy Spirit, who would abide with us forever. The power of God may be thought of in three ways in relation to the Trinity. It is founded in the Father. It's revealed through the Son, and it's activated by the Holy Spirit. From the beginning of time until now, the Holy Spirit has been God's active agent for whatever work God has to do. The Holy Spirit is God's agent on earth in the creation of the world. We're told in Genesis 1-2 that the Holy Spirit brought order into the universe when he moved upon the face of the waters. And we're further told in Job 26-13 that the Holy Spirit garnished the heavens. Psalm 104.30 tells us that he renews the face of the earth. And Job 33.4 informs us that the Holy Spirit gives life to human beings. The Holy Spirit is God's agent on earth in the ministry of Christ as well. Matthew 1.30 informs us that Jesus was conceived in Mary of the Holy Spirit. Furthermore, the Holy Spirit was active in the development of Christ as he grew and became strong and was filled with wisdom. For the grace of God was on him, it says in Luke 2.40. In Christ's official consecration as at his baptism, we are told the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him in Matthew 3.16. Following this, the Holy Spirit was active in Christ's ministry during the temptation experience in the wilderness. Luke's account informs us in Luke 4, 18-19, that the Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus Christ during his preaching and healing ministries. Also, Paul said in Romans 8.11 that the Holy Spirit raised up Christ from the dead. The Holy Spirit is God's agent on earth in the creation of the Holy Scriptures as well. The Holy Spirit revealed certain truths to individuals, which they in turn recorded as the sacred scripture. Revelation 1.10 gives us such an illustration when John wrote, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice. Also the Holy Spirit inspired the scriptures in an even more direct way through revelation that he gave new truth that unaided reason could not discover. But through inspiration, he transmitted both old and new truths. And we're told that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God in 2 Timothy 3.16. And in John 14.26, we're assured by Christ that the Holy Spirit would bring all things to our remembrance. All things. Surely part of the inspiration of Scripture was the Holy Spirit bringing to the remembrance of the writer certain truths and experience that they might be included as part of the sacred Scriptures. 
The Holy Spirit is active in relation to the Bible through illumination. Illumination relates to our ability to comprehend the truths that have been revealed and inspired. Paul said in Ephesians 1.17 that we have been given the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And the Holy Spirit is God's agent on earth in the work of the church. The Holy Spirit initially empowered the church in Acts 1.8. He was involved in the expansion of the church in Acts 2, 1 to 4. And he is seen in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 to 11 as equipping the church. As we finish up today, who is the Holy Spirit? Firstly, he is a person and thus one who cares for you. He is deity. Therefore, he's the one that can help you. And he is God's agent on earth. So he is the one who can save you. Listen to the Holy Spirit this week as he extends the last invitation of the Bible. It says in Revelation twenty-two seventeen, The Spirit and the Bride say, Come, and let him that heareth say, Come, and let him who is a thirst come. And whoever so will, let him take the water of life freely. Holy Spirit calls us to come. And I want to encourage you as I do every week to be diligent with your Bible study time because God has so much more for us than we can get from just going to church once or twice a week and hearing someone else talk about the Word. When you spend time with God, your life will change in amazing ways because God is a Redeemer. There's nothing that's too hard for Him. And He can make you whole, spirit, soul and body if you will allow Him to. And you're important to God, you know that already. But you're also important to us at the refinery. When it comes to prayer, we believe that God wants to meet your needs and reveal His promises to you directly. Don't wait for a prophet to come along and say they've got a word for you. God will reveal His promises to you directly. He wants to meet your needs. So whatever you're concerned about and you need prayer for, even if you just want to say hi, you can contact us on www.refinerylife.com org, or via any of our social media channels. And until next time, stay in the blessings. <laughs>